Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Known the world over, the one and only Bob Orban is celebrating 50 years as Director of Engineering of his audio processing solutions provider, Orban. Bob is widely published, get this, he holds over 20 U.S. patents and is a Scientific and Engineering Award winner from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And this sponsored episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, features David Rush of Audio Broadcast Canada. Dave asked the questions and Orban highlights some of the top moments of his career. In 2020, Bob Orban celebrates 50 years directing engineering for the company that bears his name. He's gained global recognition in broadcast engineering circles, is widely published, currently holds over 20 U.S. patents, the Dolby Laboratory Scientific and Engineering Award winner from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, NAB Radio Engineering Achievement Award winner, and one of the few people who signs autographs and takes fan photos when he attends trade shows. I have seen it. Uh, Bob, let's just start with why audio processing and what was going on in broadcasting in the late 60s and early 70s that led you down this road. Well, I grew up in the New York City area. As a kid, I was uh, much more into classical music than rock and roll. However, when I heard Brian Wilson's work with the Beach Boys, I heard musical depth and complexity that finally got me interested in popular music. At the time, the dominant rock and roll station uh, in New York City was WABC. They had some of the greatest DJs in the history of Top 40 music, including Cousin Bruce Morrow and the great Dan Ingram. I went to Princeton University as a freshman in 1963, majoring in electrical engineering. Princeton had a 17-kilowatt student radio station with a commercial license at 103.3. At the time, it was completely student-run and supported itself by selling advertising into the community. I joined the station within months of arriving at college. I went through voice training so that I could sound more like a real DJ and also started to discover how real broadcast engineering was done. In 1963, the station converted to stereo operation with a Collins exciter and driver and an ITA 5 kilowatt power amplifier. The ITA's reliability was iffy at best, and this gave me some hands-on training with one of the essences of broadcast engineering, which is just keeping things running. WPRB was a mixed format station. For much of the broadcast day, it was a combo operation. However, the daily top 40 show from 4 to 6 p.m. had a separate engineer and DJ. We were all huge Dan Ingram fans. I learned to run a tight board and engineered for a student who called himself Rick Arnett on the air. His real name was Rick Rosenthal, uh, and he went on to a long career in television news in Chicago at WGN. Additionally, I got a weekly classical music show of my own, where I played records from my own library. During the first two years I was there, WPRB had no audio processing at all. We had extended the peak flasher of the modulation monitor into the control room, and this used a fairly loud relay to flash a big light to get the engineer to notice that he was over-modulating. 
In fact, you could sometimes hear the relay clattering on the air when the control room mic was open. And the chief engineer would more than once have to call the engineer or DJ on duty and tell them to turn the damn thing down. I served as chief engineer at WPRV my junior year. By that time, the station had purchased a Fairchild Connex high-frequency controller, but it was the only audio processing uh, that was being used in the chain. My first audio processor project was a vacuum tube stereo compressor that used opto-isolators as gain control elements. Combined with the Connex, this provided reasonable control of modulation and even sounded pretty good. I also built a number of other projects at the station, including a copy of a gate stay level and several cart machines using Viking decks and electronics of my own design. When I went to Stanford to get my master's degree, I didn't have time for student radio. However, one of my best friends at Princeton, Lee Hagen, had made the trek to California with me and another friend, and he purchased KPGM, a small Class A radio station in Los Altos, California. For a class project at Stanford, I developed my first audio processor with FET gain control devices. I later extended and developed this to produce a full on-air audio processor for KPGM. Meanwhile, my father had set me up in business to manufacture audio processing products. The first thing I needed to do was to find a contract manufacturer, and it was here that I first met my longtime business partner, John Delatoni, who left his employer to go independent. I'd long been interested in music production, and the early Orban Parasound products were intended for recording studios. However, at KPGM, I first became aware of the problems of low-pass filter overshoot FM stereo generator, and this led to my developing overshoot-controlled filters. Combining my earlier work with FET compressors with these filters led directly to Optimat FM8000, which, of course, was the product that put Orban on the map. So that's the answer to your first question. All right, Bob. Well, what are some of the most satisfying moments for you over your career? Well, the most uh, satisfying moment would have to be my receipt of the NAB Engineering Achievement Award in 1995 at the 49th Broadcast Engineering Conference, uh, where I got to address about 2,000 people, uh, even though that was just a little bit scary. And the plaque reads, in recognition of his distinguished engineering career for outstanding contributions to the development of broadcast technology recognized in 17 U.S. patents, for pioneering work in the design and integration of FM transmission system components, for development of transmission equipment and standards to improve AM signal quality, for contributing to the body of broadcast technical knowledge through numerous papers and reports, and for over 31 years of distinguished commitment to innovation in broadcast engineering. Additionally, uh, receiving the uh, technical Oscar was a lot of fun. I got to uh, attend a banquet in Hollywood and uh, took Greg Oganowski as a guest and actually got my plaque, uh, or actually it was sort of a half Oscar, uh, handed to me by none other than Sharon Stone. 
<laughs> Not bad. All right. You mentioned Greg and John. Uh, these have been some of your top collaborators over the years. And, you know, let's talk about them and then maybe some of the other uh, folks that you worked with over the years that have been influential with you and why uh, those guys. Well, I already mentioned my college friend, Liga Hagen, uh, whose KPGM provided me with a test bed for my early audio processing experience experiments. One of Lee's employees, uh, Steve Waldy, was a polymath who was not only an excellent classical music broadcaster, uh, later the uh, chief engineer and program director of several uh, classical stations in the Bay Area, but was also knowledgeable in radio engineering and was one of the people I worked with in developing the early KPGM audio processing system and in researching the stereo generator overshoots whose solution later led to the Optimized 8000. I give credit to my business partner, John Delantoni, for competently and creatively handling the business side and supporting my unusual work style, which involved extensive development and experimentation at my home, so I was only in the office part-time. Finally, and most important, is Grogo Gonoski. He remains a friend and close colleague to this day. He was originally a competitor and his excellent Greg Lab series of analog audio processors uh, were very highly regarded in the industry. He later consulted for Orban on the Optima FM8200 and then became vice president of new product development uh, with Orban for well over 20 years. Uh, I should, of course, also give a shout out to longtime engineering uh, staff members, Steve Barbera, Ralph Schwartz and Brian Kokendall, uh, who have been uh, with Orban for well over 20 years. Now, uh, Dave Rush here with Bob Orban, celebrating 50 years as director of engineering for the company that bears his name. Uh, how has competition shaped your approach? Well, anyone who is successful in business needs to be aware of what competition is doing. Mike DeRoe's discriminate audio processor uh, from the 60s was the first widely accepted multiband audio processor in broadcasting, and the existence of the DAF was the main inspiration for incorporating multiband processing in Optima FM8100, although in a way that was very different than Mike did in the DAF. Glenn Clark's Texar produced a very successful four-band processor uh, used a lot as a preprocessor ahead of Optimod uh, 8100 and was the main reason that we developed the XT2 multiband accessory chassis uh, for the 8100. Eric Small's Modulation Sciences first popularized composite clipping, which eventually inspired me to develop the Hasp cosine interpolation composite limiting technique. Uh, and that was first introduced with the 8400. Eric also produced a stereo width enhancer, which inspired me to develop the techniques first used in our analog 222A stereo enhancer. Finally, Frank Foti's cutting edge company, which later became Omnia, pushed us to develop anti-alias clipping in the Optimod FM8400, 80, and later to develop the MX limiting technology in Optimod FM8600. That being said, 
Many of my important developments came about because I was aware of problems that needed to be solved and not necessarily as response to competition. Probably the most important of these uh, were the distortion cancer clipper first introduced in Optimod AM 9000A and the multiband distortion canceled clipper uh, first introduced in Optimod AM 9100A and later used in the XT2 and in the digital uh, Orban Optimods. All right, Bob Orban, over 50 years now, products worldwide, past and present co-workers and distributors worldwide having prospered as a result of your work. Bob, thank you very much for your contribution to the broadcast industry. Uh, well, uh, thanks to the broadcast engineering uh, industry to uh, support our company, and it was a pleasure talking to you. For more information on the Orban product line, check out audiobroadcast.ca. For Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, I'm Sean Smith. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.